and welcome to this episode of Say Something Interesting. This is the follow-up podcast from Eastlake Tri-Cities Church. My name is Megan, and with me is our teaching pastor, Brent, and our where love pastor, Lauren. It is a full room today, everybody. Yes, yes, yes. It, uh, it's, uh, it's good to be back, mm-hmm. and it's good to have you back, yes, Megan. I How was, was your trip? It was very good. Good? You know, just beach family trip. We it missed you. We yeah. Did. Yeah. <laughs> very clearly. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> this was a house upgrade from uh, camping. Yeah. So but we same were in area a, though. Yeah. We were in, the, I was in the same area as when I was camping mm-hmm. earlier, um, but we were in a house this time. So, um, but still had four small children, you know, my whole family. Yeah. It was great. It was wonderful. Good. I did, had some good bonding with my niece who last time I saw her was, she was two. So now she's four. Um, so it was just good family time. We saw a bald eagle on the beach. Yeah. Oh. Like at, like there on low tide getting some goodies. Um, at one point we saw, I don't know if it was the same one um, or a different one, but it like swooped down and picked something up off the beach and like flew off to go eat it somewhere else, which was really cool. We had a family of seagulls that had like nested on the house in front of us and they had a baby, which was really cool. I learned that seagulls are pretty attentive parents, which I did not realize they before. They don't yeah. look like, they don't feel like that. No, but they are. I, they yeah. also look a lot like baby ducks. I <laughs> Baby seagulls? Yeah. Yeah, they're like gray and furry. I mean, they look like all baby birds. Yeah, I once got dive-bombed by, by <laughs> se- what I later realized were seagull parents. I oh, thought yeah. there was an orphaned baby duck that I, of course, stupidly was trying to save <laughs> and uh, was one- thought that, that these adult seagulls were trying to eat it, which they do. They will eat well, the young. Like other, so I was yeah. like, oh, I should... Turns out it was their kid, and they were like, get away from our baby. See, it feels to me like seagulls have the apathetic sort of, yeah, you have him. Fine. He poops all the time. You can have him. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It no, just, no. It feels, I lived it, Brent. I uh, know. I'm, I'm not denying it. I'm just saying from a perception, <laughs> yeah. from a brand yeah. awareness standpoint, seagulls have not done very well. Me no, either. Like, that's why I was, like, shocked because there's almost always a parent there standing guard. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I didn't, I that didn't realize. That was true. Way of, to go, single yeah, parents. Yeah, I was like, I, and I think the other one was like occasionally like circling, like That was less true of my family last night at a kickball game <laughs> where the rest of us all kind of went and played kickball. Uh-huh. And then Clive was just kind of wandering around the parking lot <laughs> playing in a fountain. And uh, in between innings, I'd be like, hey, Clive, are you still alive over there? He'd be like, hey, I'm soaking wet and I've got (laughs) poop all over me. I'd be like, cool, man. We're waiting until the fifth inning, then we'll go home. That's pretty much how it went last Five innings. That's that's, that's a lot for kickball. I know. It was a lot. (laughs) This podcast hasn't done much. It was like 23 to 12 or something. It was a lot. Podcast doesn't do much for people's confidence in your parenting no, skills. No, it shouldn't. No, absolutely. <laughs> hey, since the last time we met, you got rearing it in your car. I and did. You said something about it on Sunday, and I almost asked some follow-up questions. In the back of my mind, I thought, no, nah, I'm saving this for the podcast because oh, no. I want to talk about this. <laughs> oh, no. Because in my experience, uh-huh. very limited experience, albeit, you're a pretty good driver. I yeah. feel like you're a safe driver. Yeah. You have a safe driver Aura personality. Yeah, I mean, I me. think I'm less safe. I've ridden safe. in your car once, but it was last week. Yeah, we went I to think Steph I'm lunch. a less safe driver when I'm the only one in there. Oh, okay. But it was, I was not at fault 100%. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, if you get rounded, you're never the one at fault. I was at a well, roundabout. Throw that thing in reverse. It's going to be your fault. But anyways, go ahead. I was not in reverse. <laughs> I was at a roundabout. Okay. And um, there was like a little bit of a break in traffic, but there was a car coming into the roundabout. And so I think I 
like stepped off the brake and then stepped back on the brake. Mm-hmm. And the guy behind me just assumed I was going to go. And he rear end, like rammed into me. Yeah. Um, How's your neck? My neck was sore on Saturday when it happened, but better since then. My back was a little sore yesterday, but I that could just be normal back soreness for me. Um, yeah. And then it was not my fault at all. And then he had the audacity to say, um, you stopped. And I was like, uh, yeah, there was a car. <laughs> yeah. Again, yeah. Again, you're behind me. Yeah. It's yeah. your responsibility to not to follow, follow what I'm doing. So. Was he ap- apologetic at all? Yeah, he was. Okay. And he like we read around about funny. What was he trying to be no, funny? He, when I he don't said think that? so. I don't know. I'm pretty sure English wasn't his first language. So, um, but like we were at a roundabout, which isn't a great place to just like pull over. So I like went through the roundabout and pulled into a gas station on the corner. And he actually followed me into the gas station oh, that's good. to like that's check good. and give me his information and all that stuff. So. Are you going to do anything with the information? Is uh, there anything I, there? I think I'm going to have my mechanic check out the car. Um, and make sure everything's okay. Yeah. Um, I don't think anything's wrong, but there is some like paint damage on the bumper. Yeah. Cause, and it looks like, so the top of the bumper, the paint is chipping off and it looks like it's because the bumper did its job and like accordion and then the paint, um, is like chipping off now. So sure. that will have to be dealt with at some level. Yeah. Um, and I it's like a new car. This mm-hmm. is new. Yeah. New to me, new in April Yeah, to me. Yeah. So Yeah crazy it's my first accident we're glad you're okay (laughs) yeah roundabouts are just a headache yeah yeah Yeah. honestly that was my first at first i was like oh my gosh i got hit and then i was like dang it like my first emotion was annoyance Mm -hmm. that i have to like deal with this now (laughs) i uh last week uh downloaded the allstate app on my phone Uh because they were offering three percent off of your uh your coverage or whatever if you Mm -hmm. get it and we were up for renewal so i was like yeah i'll do it three percent Save me eight dollars. Let's do it. <laughs> so I uh, I signed up and it tracks um, it tracks you while you're driving. Oh. You have to allow it to do that, yeah. but like you get more benefits mm-hmm. if you allow if you allow this track. And I was like, sure, let's do it and see. And that and then you can review your trips and it'll tell you if you're a good driver or not. So it's like oh, a man. very objective. <laughs> everybody says they're good drivers, uh-huh. right? Like my buddy Ryan might say he's a good driver. He is not a good driver. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now. He's almost as bad as Philip. Philip's even worse. But anyways, um, this will this will show you like okay, you went over 80, mm-hmm. or you braked a like sudden braking. They have like some sort of a yeah. thing. Uh-huh. And I remember in the parking lot here, somebody not looking, walking out of Kagan's. Um, walking across the road right there, but like looking in the other direction or just not looking at anything. Mm-hmm. And I had to slam on my brakes and you were like, no, and I got penalized for it. <laughs> and I want to roll down my window and be like, Hey man, <laughs> stop playing Pokemon and don't get hit by cars. You're literally taking money out of my wallet when you do this to me. So I think it's made me a worse driver actually more than a better driver. Cause now I kind of like want to gently brake so that it doesn't like track on my phone. <laughs> And just like nudge the guy just a little bit. Oh my gosh, Brett. I don't know. We'll see. But that's where it's at. So I also have a hard time because I was also then riding in the car with somebody 
My brother-in-law came and picked me up from Les Schwab. Can we you, were, like, turn it off and be like, I'm not driving? I don't know. I, I, I got to figure this out. It's not me, okay? Yeah, I went to Les Schwab. We were getting Kylie's car alignment was getting straightened out. Mm-hmm. And then we were driving back, and he was, like, speeding and braking, coming up on somebody uh-huh. real fast. And I was like, hey, man, hey, what, why don't we slow down here with, <laughs> with my phone? Being like, I don't want Allstate to think I'm driving this way. It's fine that you want to, but how do I tell them not currently driving? And you I can do that if you set on like the do not disturb on the iPhone. Like you can be like, oh, I'm not driving. And then it'll let you on your phone. Yeah. But there's got to be a way to something like, tell the app. Yeah. Because I'll driving. tell you what, if I ever get in a car with Andrew again and he's driving, <laughs> I'm putting that on the do not disturb. <laughs> but anyways. Yeah. Lauren, mm-hmm. how was your weekend? You I thought spent you were going to ask how my driving was. No, well, I, I'm interested in that too. But Yeah, you, you guys s- haven't ridden with me, so no. I am a great driver. <laughs> I'll just leave it at she that. She lives but. less than a block away from here, so she just walks here most of the time. Although, yeah. her car's here sometimes. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, how bad of a driver can you be if it's literally, uh, what, 750 feet? How far are you going? <laughs> I mean, my radius is so small yeah. when I come here. But even that, it's like, if I go to Pasco, it's right. like, where am I? Um, <laughs> The fact that we've already covered this in extensive detail, but that you would drive to McDonald's. Uh, okay, during the yes, yes, yes. Also illustrates. A <laughs> yes, few things, that is true. Given that that's even closer to your house than we are currently. <laughs> that's true. And that's I correct. could throw a rock. Not that I would, but I could throw a rock and I would say 50% of the time hit your house. Would be my guess. Yeah. From McDonald's? Oh, from, for, Mc- from McDonald's, from McDonald's, like 80%. Oh. Yeah, that's a lot. You actually, there's a straight, you could probably see the house okay. from McDonald's. I've never actually so. been to your house. So yeah, you know. guys have to come over sometime. Yeah, <laughs> um, no, my weekend was good. It was. Um, you spent, you spoke this weekend. So you had the the burden of mm-hmm. knowing that I'm going to talk to a, a couple people on Sunday morning. A couple of people. Yeah, just a few. <laughs> I was, I was going to say a couple hundred, but that, that's, <laughs> that's also that's false. That's also a joke yeah. too right now. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, how did it all go? How did you feel? I it was good. I mean, you know that last week I was revising it, and and I was a little nervous because I didn't really get it finalized until Thursday. But once it was done, I mean, that's the hardest part is getting it, you know, getting the content ready, and then the deliveries is a little bit easier. So, but I was nervous. It's still. It's nerve wracking being your up there. first time speaking twice because you've done it for me once before, once or twice before. Just once. once it before. was the last time we had a single service. March. Yeah, yeah, we did in March, March. and uh, it was just the yeah ten o'clock one time service. So this was a chance to kind of do it and then you know have a ten minute break and do it all over again. Yeah, yeah, that part was a little strange, but um, you know it's okay. It was. I think it it, it went well. Well, so. I listened. I thought it was great. I thought it was awesome Thank too. You. I Thank uh, you. I think it will be a permanent. A placement on our Wear Love page uh, for the website and just in terms of a great encapsulation of why we do this, um, what it's all about. And uh, so I thought that was awesome. Um, a couple, of, we're going to uh, dive through just because this is a follow-up podcast. So mm-hmm. we'll just kind of do some follow-up questions on this. Um, my first one was kind of surface level and then we'll go into something a little bit more meaningful. But you mentioned um, five years experience for an entry-level job who even requires something like that, right? And then I heard somebody's laugh on the audio. Now, I'm pretty sure it was Bethany's laugh. Mm-hmm. I'm just placing the laugh. Am I, am I correct in that? <laughs> yeah, that was- the, okay, I wasn't so, in the room because I was volunteering in yeah, some yeah, kids' yeah. areas. So in the 9 a.m., everyone was like engaged. I felt like I was like, it was it was great. And 10 a.m., 
only Bethany was, she was the only person I heard. And I was like, thank you for like yeah. laughing when I'm like trying to get people to like respond a little bit. And so, yeah, she, she really, that was her. I'm sure it was her. I'm sure it was. Cause I, I, I can almost pick it out even in my own. She's a fairly mind. distinctive laugh. Yeah, she yeah. is. So I felt, uh, I was very grateful for yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. It uh, is a good line though. I mean, it's true. It That's, and true. I'm sure it's like worse now, yeah. but man, it was like, how, this is such a, a conundrum. How do you get in it's anywhere without any experience? Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to pay you like you have experience, but we would love for you to have experience yeah. if that's uh-huh. possible. Because we don't want to train you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We don't want to pay you for the experience you have, Yeah. but we also don't want to train you for not having any experience. Yeah. So. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, uh, did, you had two texts in there. You had one from Romans 12, the other from Galatians 5. Mm-hmm. Um, that first one, the Romans 12 one, I mean, pretty common uh, verse in terms of the, the whole idea of a living sacrifice. I just thought that that is, that scripture, um, uh, off yourselves off as living sacrifices, uh, is such a felt thing, even in today's culture of, it's, it's not like a, even relegated to Christianity. Like he's speaking so honest truth about this idea of, like, don't just write a check. Like, I, we've had conversations with people. I even had a conversation with somebody on Sunday. I asked them how how it went after as they were leaving, and they were like, "Man, just a really good reminder. We're typically check writing people, right? Like, we we feel we see the mission, and or we feel guilty, and or you know, we just want to be a blessing, or just, just, just want to be generous, or whatever. And it's so easy for us to just do something, give something financially, and then walk away from it. And we can be like, that's good. I mean, obviously, missions, nonprofits need money to be able to function but like there's so much more involved in that that's not a living sacrifice the way that that paul talks about it and i thought about um some of the uh engagement over the last year and a half in terms of social media and social justice online and how many times it was like let's let's push for exposure and then the exposure comes and it's people posting on you know instagram whether it's images or people or fists raised fists or colors or something like that and then all of a sudden the pushback immediately from that is don't just make it just about that, right? That's not a living sacrifice. That's that's right in the check. How how much did it cost you to like post something on socials? How much did it cost you to really give a hundred dollars when that's you know when you think about it in terms of percentage of your income? That's not a living sacrifice. I, we're gonna need something more from that. So I, I found that to be like this whole really relevant feeling from people who are trying to either mobilize people to see generosity at a new level or kindness or social justice on a new level um, to uh, how much that verse, how much that passage from Paul just resonates in the reality of kind of how things all play out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's a great text, a highlight, uh, you know, yeah, it was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What'd you have? You have something else? Um, I, well, I like that as well. The like, I don't know. I felt very convicted. I think you did. I thought you did a good job of convicting people that it's not just about writing checks. Like it's oh, about <laughs> your time and like using your physical self to volunteer. Um, which I think I was drawn to in the, like when you were wrapping it up, the like going deep, um, instead of doing lots of things at a very surface level, like pick one thing you're really passionate about or felt really called towards and dive deep. Um, go deep, go long, and what was the, sorry? I'm, and um, give time, not money. Time. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah. I think that was mine. And then um, just the easy in theory, hard in practice. Yeah, um, it's really easy to be like, yeah, I should do that, and it's not as easy to actually go and yeah. do it. Mm-hmm. So 
Um, I thought that along with just so many other examples were so like real life. These are genuine struggles that I have. Like I think sometimes speakers create like these scenarios in their mind where, oh, you're probably thinking this. And you're at you as the audience member going, I don't think that way. I don't do that. Like that's <laughs> you're not in my like, head. <laughs> what kind of a character are you creating? Like that's not me. I thought all of the things that you said were, you know, in your mind, in my mind, I think about this. Or mm-hmm. if I was in those situations, here's probably what I'd be thinking. And having that be something that actually identifies with the person, at least me watching or seeing that going, that's exactly probably what I'd be thinking. Or that's exactly how I would operate given my natural self. And then the shortcomings that are involved in that, I see that. I need to do something about that. I want that to be better for me. I thought it was, yeah, really, really personal and in touch with actual like ethos of kind of how we think and feel mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Also loved your example of like hitting the charity jackpot. What did you, yeah. how did you call I, it? That's what I said. Yeah. I, I really did. <laughs> I think I thought that. I know. Yeah. I no. Mean, and I loved it. Very because, true anecdote. <laughs> because I have been there as well. Lauren was saying how, when she started working for nonprofits, she was like, yeah, now I don't have to do this other places. <laughs> right. Right. Which as a teacher, I often am like, I already give so much. <laughs> <laughs> Shaping young minds. Yes. No, I mean, it was like, even like putting this together was good for me too, because my tendency is always to be like, I care about this and I care just to be, become overwhelmed. Like that's very real for me. And then I become paralyzed because I don't even know what to do with all the things I care about. And so being intentional about no, there are things you care more about and that's okay. We all can care about different things more. Like if we're all doing that and being intentional about it, then we can make a much bigger impact. So it was, I mean, I needed, I needed it too. Like just being like, I need to figure out what, what things I actually want to make an impact on and be really strategic about that. Um, so helpful for me as Isn't well. Isn't that a hard part for a lot of people to wrap their minds around in, in nonprofit work? Because I get so involved in this particular charity, whether it's dogs with cancer who also need locks of love or something like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's a quite specific organization. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> Megan's lost that. I lost her. She's gone. Oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> But we can get so invested in thinking and we, we just get narrow sighted in thinking this is it. Why Why would you care about something else? Why would you care about all of these other things when this is the most important thing? And having the like the wherewithal or the, uh, I don't know, social awareness to be like, there's a lot of problems in the world. We can all be passionate about something that perhaps fits our time, talents, attention, you know, a little bit better. Um, and, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And the goal is just that you are living beyond just yourself and how that plays out and what it looks like. Um, there's, there's a lot of freedom, I think in that, in in that way. Well, and it does change you too. I mean, that's the one piece that I felt like I maybe could have talked a little bit more about is like our, our tendency to focus inward and then how much we are pushed and challenged when we interact with it. I mean, that's the biggest piece about the giving time is, you know, you may think your money's going further, but and it does make an impact, but when you have, you are building those relationships with other people like you're going to be changed too, which is, which is a really big piece of it. So, and what we've said for a long time, even from the beginning of doing this where I love thing is that we want this to be a community front door thing for our church. But then also just, we want to be a resource for anybody, whether they're doing this out of a motivation because Christ, this, you know, the way that Christ loved us, we love other people. That's a great motivation for us and enough motivation for us to participate in where love as it is. But we also think 
um, that our typical audience isn't going to be drawn in by us raffling off mountain bikes and iPads um, to come on a Sunday and check us out. We could do that and we'd get a crowd, but it probably wouldn't be like our crowd, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But when we say we're going to be really strategic and aggressive at doing wear love stuff and we want to invest time, resources, money, um, attention, uh, space within our weekly promos, all that kind of stuff. We don't do a lot, but what we do, we want to do with excellence. Um, and, and it's going to be centered around this. That, I think, could be a better draw. We even toyed around with the idea a couple of years ago of doing uh, a mailer into our community because we're going to do one this fall probably. Um, and we've done them historically every year, a couple times a year. And making it maybe less about a typical teaching series because I don't even know that the average person that we're trying to change their opinion about church is all that interested in what I'm talking about on Sunday. They're more interested in would I fit there? Would I belong there? Does it have the same sort of values that I have? And perhaps if we spent more time talking about where love opportunities, that would communicate more values than a series on, I don't know, discipline or time or money, sex, I don't know, something like that. Um, and so I don't know, that's just some of the stuff mm -hmm. that we're processing through and saying, that's that's more our line, our, our target, our people, and what we feel like wouldn't be a bait and switch. Like if we did, we could do a, we could do a church that raffles off, you know, all kinds of stuff and gives it away or something like that. But that's not really in our DNA to like keep that kind of momentum alive or that kind of show alive. And so I think that you would just get frustrated here and it, we might get you through the door and then I think you'd leave. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but this feels a lot more sustainable because we're just like not going to get tired of doing this and this is going to continue to be a passion for us. So yeah. anything else that you had that? No, I mean, that was kind of it. It was Fairly uh, straightforward, I think. <laughs> Hayden Hayden came up and uh, and mentioned. I noticed it today when I watched it too. That you um, tend to uh, pause and have different pacing than than myself. <laughs> Part of that's me being like, do I go to the next thing now? Like, I don't know. That's weird. Hayden, Hayden's like, you actually like take breaths in between the verses <laughs> that you say. It's supposed to Brent just like one continuous run-on sentence. It is amazing how <laughs> just knocking off every English person, you know, person who's interested in English literature. But. What's interesting, Lauren? Oh, just how fast he can talk. Oh. I mean, you, it, it is, is impressive. impressive. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Good. Most impressive. Uh, all right, let's jump into our something interesting. Yeah. Uh, Lauren, you specifically wanted to go first. I know. <laughs> So, so I'll, uh, I'll turn the floor over to you and give you as much time as you need and I'll fit it in as I need. Her face is so red right now. <laughs> I literally, yeah. about half an hour ago, said, hey, you want to do the podcast with us since it was about you? She's like, I'll do it as long as you don't make me do something interesting. Yeah, I'm out. I don't have any food-related interesting tidbits this week. Oh, all right. Well, uh, Megan, you opened. So I sure did. So I will go first. Mm -hmm. uh, I just finished a book called The Bomb Mafia. It's the newest uh, thing out by Malcolm Glass. Are you Malcolm Gladwell fans? Do you yes, like I am. Yeah. I'm, uh, books, podcasts, both? What? Um, Both. Okay. Um, I read um, Outliers. Yeah, yep. And then I got into his podcast, Revisionist History. Yeah. And then that's primarily been what I've 
consumed of Malcolm Gladwell. So he's kind of a social psychologist kind yep. of guy, mm-hmm. author who got real famous with Tipping Point and Outliers, both kind of business-minded. Yeah. He wrote for The New Yorker? New Yorker, still does. Yeah. Um, but this is, these are kind of full-length books. And then he did Revisionist History, which has been kind of a green light on, on our thing. We've listened to that several times. Uh, and it's been interesting to watch sort of the evolution of his kind of work as it goes along. So short form, short form writing with New Yorker stuff, long form into terms of these books, then into this podcast, and now really into um, uh, the Bomber Mafia was written to be an ebook, an audio book mm-hmm. that yeah. he reads by himself. And um, it's a uh, uh, there's so there's two ways I want to look at this. One, the content of what he's talking about, which is essentially a group of bomb, you know, fighter pilots who focused on, um, who were trying to say, Hey, specific area bombings are targeted bombings are going to be more effective at actually ending the war than like, just, we're going to go to an area and just spread napalm everywhere. Mm -hmm. And the two different generals that kind of took those approaches and how they factored into Japanese American war with 1945 and midway, um, yeah, midway and all that kind of stuff. Um, so it was, that's an interesting piece he draws in like the moral dilemmas, the moral tension between both a, what we did, um, uh, B the response from the Japanese at the time, or even afterwards establishing a gold medal for Curtis LeMay saying, I mean, just crazy mm-hmm. different stuff, the different tools that were available at hand, how they kind of process through, um, some of that very fascinating, a, a fantastic read in that way. Now, having said that, um, the format, let me speak to the format real quick of this thing. <laughs> it reads like you would read a podcast transcript. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So the book, I would say, would probably be more enjoyable in an audiobook format, yeah. even though that's not the way that I consumed it. Mm-hmm. And he has a unique style if you've listened to his podcast. Like he's definitely found his groove mm-hmm. in terms of um acceptability or marketability mm-hmm. is high with the podcast thing. And so I think that that's the direction that he's gone. It's just a little frustrating to read it that way. Yeah. Because I feel like it deserves a more academic treatment and it's kind of treated like a podcast. Okay. So if that, you know, maybe yeah. I would definitely check out the audiobook. Um His past, know. he had a book that came out. Talking to Strangers yes. was the same way. And yeah. I, I haven't In- read either of them. So uh, I know when he talked about talking for strangers on his podcast, like he wrote that one with the intention that it would be consumed as an audiobook. Yeah. So, but see, and I read that one and I could see where he was going with it, but I didn't feel it as much as I did in this one. Okay. So, you know, interesting. Yeah. But I got yeah. the book at Costco for cheap. So, you know, <laughs> there you go. Or you just borrow my copy. I don't care. <laughs> uh, I know he did a, um, he did a intro. He did one revisionist history episode as kind of an overview on the Bomber Mafia. And he did like two or three last or two, season. Okay. So, but that's not like the full audio book. Mm-hmm. So he was like, that's a good taste. If you want a, uh, like a taste of a free version of it. And I think the history of it, considering our area, mm-hmm. considering we have a high school here named after yep. the bombers of mm-hmm. 19, <laughs> World War yeah, II. Yeah, uh, because one of the generals, Charles LeMay. Curtis like, LeMay, yeah. Curtis LeMay, sorry. Yeah. Um, I remembered the LeMay part. Yeah. But they, they were eventually the people that, dropped the nuclear bomb. Yes. The nuclear bombs. Yeah. So it kind of goes into all of that as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just think with the history here that we have in the Tri-Cities, it's a great, you know, uh, environmental read for you or, or I don't know, contextual read, I guess yeah. it would mm-hmm. be the right word. So yeah, cool. check it out. Cool. All right. What do you got? Um, I have a game that I played for the first time on my family beach trip. It's called Suro. 
and it is, I want to say Japanese. Um, You're going to have to spell it because I thought you said churro at first and I was like, I love churros. When, no, where are we getting one? It's spelled T-S-U-R-O. Okay. And um, it is like, a, so it, you have like little, we played, there's different versions of it. We played a, like an, aqua, uh, an ocean version. And so you get little boats and then you have cards that have like pathways on them. And the goal is to stay on the board and to like be the last one on the board. Um, and then there's also like monsters that you can, that you cards that you have. So you get out either if your boat ends up going off the board, which can happen. So like if someone puts a tile down you and you're like on that tile, you have to go to the end of your path. So someone can make you go off the board and die. Um, or the other way you get out of the game is if you run into a monster hmm. and the monsters can move periodically and kind of randomly. And so you can think you're in a good spot to not get hit by a monster and then end up having a monster like land on your square. So um, I, I've seen uh, the artwork for it. It looks amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen it in stores. Sometimes I'll buy games based on the artwork, which is yeah. not typically the best way to buy a game. <laughs> But uh, especially board games because, like, they're kind of expensive. And yeah. if the game sucks, you're like, dang, mm. what do yeah. I do with this now? It's about 40 bucks. <laughs> but it's it's really cool looking. Um, and I, I did not really know that there were versions. The only one I knew was the Tsuro of the Seas, the blue yes. one. Yes. There. So there's I'm other versions, though. That we yeah. played the um, Tsuro of the Seas. Mm. And that's the one with the monsters. The other one just has the, like, um, pathway cards. Yeah. And so, like, and you can play um, the one of the Seas without the monsters without the sea monsters. Yeah. Um, which is then it's just a strategy game of like making sure. How many players? Uh, two to eight. Oh, okay. So and it's one. like yeah. eight plus, um, which like, oh, so, like age, like age wise. Um, we played it with my family. Um, all the siblings and my dad played. Yeah. So uh, it was super fun. Good. It's got yeah. some replayability. Does yeah. It feel like we the played game- it every so we played it two nights in a row, and we played it twice every time. Okay. Um, it takes I mean, a while. Well, partly because we were all, like, learning the first time. Oh, yeah. But um, also just – and it's only, like – it's, like, 20 to 40 minutes. It's not that long. Yeah. So That's a good amount, actually. Quick. Yeah. Yeah. And, there, like, you can – like, because you can influence how other people move in the game, like, you can have some fun, like, smack-talking, interaction-y kind of things or – um, like other things like that. But I really like games that have some strategy and a like random element that can change how things go. Um, if it's all strategy, sometimes I'm like, peace out. Um, <laughs> I'm the opposite. I know you are. Um, <laughs> there's luck involved. I'm like, this is so dumb. Why yeah. would we play with luck? I know. Involved? Um, so like for me, it was kind of the perfect combo of the two, but that's awesome. Yeah. It it does uh, – vacations are a good time to do games, but it does feel like summertime is like barbecue time, and I do miss – like we haven't – I was just talking to a couple of guys. We haven't done like a poker night or a game night in a really long time, and I think it's just because it's so light out so late. There's other things to do, and then all of a sudden you look, and you're like, oh, it's 10 o'clock. We got yeah. time to go to bed. <laughs> um, whereas, you know, it starts getting dark at like 430. You're like, what are we going to do? Let's break out some board games. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Um, stock it up and get it ready for this fall or this yeah. winter. I feel like you could play it with your kids too. So Good. It, like it's not that complicated once you kind of learn it. So to settle in, yeah. yeah. All right, Lauren, what do you got? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> You're so mean. <laughs> Nothing interesting. The bar's pretty set high. Come on. No, I'm like 
filing through. You found a good right sour now. beer at uh, Tommy's the other day. You want to talk about that? Oh, but I can't remember what it's called. Oh. Um, but yeah, if you like sour beer, Tommy's usually has at least one on top. It had been a few weeks since they had had one. Yeah. Um, so also the brewery Moonshot has a, like a, they bottle certain beers and they have one that's a sour that's uh, called the Modulate and it's quite good. That's our little favorite haunt, by the way. I don't know if we've ever even talked about it on here, but we there's like a little Tommy's Tap House bar thing that's over by the old Pizza Hut by the, it's like the abandoned Pizza Hut right next to the abandoned Albertsons. So mm-hmm. it's like the abandoned <laughs> corner basically. Next to the Iceland. abandoned oh, Taco yeah, Pizza Del Mar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and a pizza pipeline used to be there, right? Yeah, that was yeah. the old. It was the old Taco Del Mar. It was a pizza pipeline oh, after okay. Taco Del yeah. Mar, and yeah, now it's nothing. So. Anyways, they're not open on Sundays or Mondays, and so we just and that's when we do staff lunches. So we just go sit in the parking lot and just cry sometimes. And then <laughs> they used to be open on Mondays. Now they're not anymore. Mm, yeah. Good beer okay, that'll probably do it for this week's episode. <laughs> hey, um, we do have something fun, exciting uh, coming up on Friday night. Our second back alley night of the summer is happening. It's a comedy night. It's uh, doors open at 8 p.m. Friday night. I know it's boat race weekend. Listen, there's no boats out there racing at 8 o'clock. So do whatever you need to do Friday to make it work. This is more fun. Come to this. It's way more fun. Um, and uh, yeah, we've got a couple of comedians coming over from Seattle. And uh, we got food from uh, Doggy Style Gourmet is going to be there. Moniker Bar is doing some drinks. And it's an 18-plus event. What else? What else am I missing? It's free. free? It's a free. Mm-hmm. That's a good price. I mean, uh, cheaper than that game that Megan just recommended. Um, so <laughs> Ouch. Come- <laughs> and there's going to be some and live music, my too. too. Oh, yeah, live music. Dutch Donnelly's going to mm-hmm. be doing some live music. So... Um, uh, and also, um, Soul Soup is going to be there. Mm-hmm. That's right. We're talking about them and highlighting some of their stuff. So mm-hmm. if you want more info on that, go to eastlaketricities.com slash marketplace. Look up that group option. You can even sign up there and get an RSVP email the day before the event just to remind you that it's happening. But this Friday night, show up. We'd love to have you. Other than that, if you ever have a question that you would love answered on the Say Something Interesting pod, you can always fill that in on the Connect card on Sunday. This weekend, uh, we are going to be doing a summer at Eastlake sort of Sunday. Our external board member Dave was in town a couple weeks ago. We filmed a fantastic message. Going to be sharing that. And uh, then I'll be back the following week for a new series after that. So, all right, that'll do it. Talk to you later, guys. Have a great week. Bye. Bye. Bye.